0: International short stories volume 2 English stories This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org International short stories volume 2 English stories edited by William Patton section 28 the indifference of the miller of Hofbau by Anthony Hope Hawkins There is a swift little river running by the village of Hofbau and on the river is a mill Kept in the days of King Rudolph the third by a sturdy fellow who lived there all alone The King knew him having alighted at his house for a draught of beer as he rode hunting And it was of him the King spoke when he said to the Queen there is I believe but one man in the country whom osra could not move and he is the miller of hofbau But although he addressed the queen it was his sister at whom he aimed his speech The princess herself was sitting by and when she heard the king she said in truth I do not desire to move any man What but trouble comes of it yet? Who is this miller the king told her where the miller might be found and he added if you convert him to the love of women you shall have the finest bracelet in Strailsow. There is nothing, sire, so remote from my thoughts or desires as to convert your miller, said Osra scornfully. In this, at the moment, she spoke truthfully, but being left alone for some days at the castle of Zender, which is but a few miles from Hofbau, she found the time hang very heavy on her hands. Indeed, she did not know what to do with herself for weariness. And for this reason, and for none other at all, one day she ordered her horse and rode off with a single groom into the forest. Coming, as the morning went on, to a wide road, she asked the groom where it led. To Hofbau, madame, he answered it is not more than a mile further on. Osra waited a few moments, then she said I will ride on and see the village, for I have been told that it is pretty. Wait here till I return. And she rode on. Smiling a little and with a delicate tint of color in her cheeks Before long she saw the river and the mill on the river and Coming to the mill she saw the miller sitting before his door smoking a long pipe She called out to him asking him to sell her a glass of milk You can have it for the asking said the miller He was a good-looking fair fellow and wore a scarlet cap There is a pail of it just inside the door behind me Yet he did not rise but lay there lolling luxuriously in the Sun For he did not know osra never having been to Strelzau in his life and to zender three or four times only and that when the princess was not there Moreover though this as must be allowed is not to the purpose he had sworn never again to go so far afield Being answered in this manner and at the same time desiring the milk the princess had no choice but to dismount This she did and passed by the miller pausing a moment to look at him with bright curious eyes that flashed from under the brim of her Wide-rimmed feathered hat But the miller blinked lazily up at the Sun and took no heed of her Osra passed on found the pail poured out a cup of milk and drank it Then refilling the cup she carried it to the miller Will you not have some she said with a smile? I? Was too lazy to get it said the miller and he held out his hand, but did not otherwise change his position Osras brow puckered and her cheek flushed as she bent down Holding the cup of milk so that the miller could reach it He took and drained it gave it back to her and put his pipe in his mouth again Ozra sat down by him and watched him he puffed and blinked away never so much as looking at her What have you for dinner asked she presently? A Piece of cold pie said he there's enough for two if you're hungry Would you not like it better hot oh I but I cannot weary myself with heating it I'll heat it said the princess and Rising she went into the house and made up the fire which was almost burnt out Then she heated the pie and set the room in order and laid the table and drew a large jug of beer from the cask Next she placed an armchair ready for the miller Put the jug by it then she filled the pipe from the bowl of tobacco and set a cushion in the chair All this while she hummed a tune and from time to time smiled gaily Lastly she arranged a chair by the elbow of the miller's chair Then she went out and told him that his dinner was ready and he stumbled to his feet with a sigh of laziness and walked before her into the house May I come cried she "Ay, There is enough for two Said the miller of Hoffbau, without looking round so she followed him in He sank into the armchair and sat there for a moment surveying the room Which was so neat and the table so daintily laid and the pie so steaming hot and He sighed saying it was like this before poor mother died And he fell to on a great portion of pie with which osra piled his plate When he had finished eating which thing did not happen for some time She held the jug while he took a long draught Then she brought a coal in the tongs and held it while he lit his pipe from it Then she sat down by him for several moments He puffed and then at last he turned his head and looked at princess Osra She drooped her long lashes and cast down her eyes Next she lifted her eyes and glanced for an instant at the miller and Finally she dropped her eyes again and murmured shyly. What is it sir? Why do you look at me you seem to be a handy wench observed the miller the pie was steaming hot and yet not burnt The beer was well frothed but not shaken nor thickened and the pipe draws well Where does your father dwell? He is dead sir said princess osra very demurely and your mother pursued the miller She also is dead There is no small harm in that said the miller thoughtfully and Ozra turned away her head to hide her smile Are you not very lonely living here all by yourself? She asked a moment later Indeed I have to do everything for myself said the Miller sadly and there is nobody to To care for you No, nor to look after my comfort said the miller have you any kindred I? Have two brothers sir, but they are married now and have no need of me the miller laid down his pipe and setting his elbow on the table faced princess osra "Hm," said he and is it likely you will ride this way again? I may chance to do so said osra and now there was a glance of malicious triumph in her eyes She was thinking already how the bracelet would look on her arm ah Said the miller and after a pause he added if you do come half an hour before dinner and you can lend a hand in making it ready where Did you get those fine clothes My mistress gave them to me answered osra. She has cast them off and that horse you rode It is my master's I have it to ride when I do my mistress's errands Will your master and mistress do anything for you if you leave your service? I Have been promised a present if said osra and she paused in apparent confusion I said the miller nodding sagaciously as he rose slowly from the armchair Will you be this way again in a week or so he asked I think it is very likely answered the princess Osra Then look in said the miller about half an hour before dinner He nodded his head again very significantly at Osra and turning away Went to his work as a man goes who would far rather sit still in the Sun But just as he reached the door he turned his head and asked are you sturdy? I am strong enough. I think said she A Sack of flour is a heavy thing for a man to lift by himself remarked the miller and With that he passed through the door and left her alone Then she cleared the table put the pie or what was left in the larder set the room in order Refilled the pipe stood the jug handy by the cask and with a look of great Satisfaction on her face tripped out to where her horse was mounted and rode away the next week And The interval had seemed long to her and no less long to the miller of Hofbau. she came again and so the week after And in the week following that she came twice and on the second of these two days after dinner the miller did not go off to his sacks But he followed her out of the house pipe in hand when she went to mount her horse and as she was about to mount he said Indeed you are a handy wench You say much of my hands, but nothing of my face remarked princess osra of your face repeated the miller in some surprise. What should I say of your face? Well, is it not a comely face said osra turning towards him that he might be better able to answer her question The miller regarded her for some minutes then a slow smile spread on his lips Oh I it is well enough said he then he laid a flowery finger on her arm as he continued If you come by next week why it is but half a mile to church I'll have the cart ready and bid the priest be there. What's your name for? He had not hitherto asked Osra's name Rosa Schwartz said she and her face was all alight with triumph and amusement Yes, I shall be very comfortable with you said the miller We will be at the church an hour before noon so that there may be time afterwards for the preparation of dinner That will be on Thursday in next week asked osra I on Thursday said the miller and he turned on his keel But in a minute he turned again Saying give me a kiss then since we are to be man and wife And he came slowly towards her holding his arms open Nay the kiss will wait till Thursday Maybe there will be less flour on your face then and with a laugh she dived under his outstretched arms and made her escape the day being warm the miller did not put himself out by pursuing her but stood where he was with a broad comfortable smile on his lips and So he watched her ride away Now as she rode the princess was much occupied in thinking of the miller of hofbau Elated and triumphant as she was at having won from him a promise of marriage She was yet somewhat vexed that he had not shown a more passionate affection and this thought clouded her brow for full half an hour But then her face cleared Still waters run deep she said to herself He is not like these court gallants who have learnt to make love as soon as they learn to walk and cannot talk to a woman without Bowing and grimacing and sighing at every word The Miller has a deep nature and surely I have won his heart or he would not take me for his wife Poor Miller. I pray that he may not grieve very bitterly when I make the truth known to him and then, at the thought of the grief of the miller, her face was again clouded, but it again cleared when she considered of the great triumph that she had won, and how she would enjoy a victory over the king, and would have the finest bracelet in all Streazau as a gift from him. Thus she arrived at the castle in the height of merriment and exultation. It chanced that the king came to Zender that night to spend a week hunting the boar in the forest, and when Osra, all blushing and laughing, Told him of her success with the miller of hofbau he was greatly amused and swore that no such girl ever lived and applauded her renewing his promise of the bracelet and He declared that he would himself ride with her to hofbau on the wedding day and see how the poor miller bore his disappointment Indeed I do not see how you are going to excuse yourself to him he laughed a purse of five hundred crowns must do that office for me said she What will crowns patch a broken heart his broken heart must heal itself as men's broken hearts do brother in truth sister I have known them cure themselves Let us hope it may be so with the miller of Hofbau at the worst I have revenged the wrongs of women on him it is unendurable that any man should scorn us be he king or Miller It is indeed very proper that he should suffer great pangs said the king in spite of his plaster of crowns I shall love to see the stolid fellow sighing and moaning like a lovesick courtier So they agreed to ride together to the millers at hofbau on the day appointed for the wedding and both of them waited with impatience for it But with the bad luck that pursues mortals even though they be princes in this poor world It happened that early in the morning of the Thursday a great officer came riding post-haste from Strielzell to take the king's commands on high matters of state and although rudolph was sorely put out of temper by this untoward interruption yet He had no alternative, but to transact the business before he rode to the millers at hofbau So he sat fretting and fuming while long papers were read to him and the princess walked up and down the length of the drawbridge fretting also for before the king could escape from his affairs the hour of the wedding was already come and Doubtless the miller of hofbau was waiting with the priest in the church Indeed it was one o'clock or more before osra and the king set out from zender And they had then a ride of an hour and a half and all this when osra should have been at the miller's at eleven o'clock Poor man he will be half mad with waiting and with anxiety for me cried osra I must give him another hundred crowns on account of it and she added after a pause I pray he may not take it too much to heart rudolph We must try to prevent him from doing himself any mischief in his despair smiled the king Indeed it is a serious matter pouted the princess who thought the king's smile out of place It was not so when you began it said her brother and Osra was silent Then about half-past two they came in sight of the mill Now the king dismounted while they were still several hundred yards away and tied his horse to a tree in a clump by the wayside And when they came near to the mill he made a circuit and approached from the side and Creeping along to the house hid himself behind a large water-butt which stood just under the window From that point he could hear what passed inside the house and could see if he stood erect But osra rode up to the front of the mill as she had been accustomed and Getting down from her horse walked up to the door the miller's cart stood in the yard of the mill But the horse was not in the shafts and neither the miller nor anybody else was to be seen about and the door of the house was shut He must be waiting at the church said she but I will look in and make sure indeed I feel half afraid to meet him and Her heart was beating rapidly and her face was rather pale as she walked up to the door For she feared what the miller might do in the passion of his disappointment at learning who she was and that she could not be his wife I Hope the six hundred crowns will comfort him she said as she laid her hand on the latch of the door and She sighed her heart being heavy for the miller and Maybe a little heavy also for the guilty that lay on her conscience for having deceived him Now when she lifted the latch and opened the door the sight that met her eyes was this The table was strewn with the remains of a brave dinner two burnt-out pipes lay beside the plates A Smaller table was in front of the fire on it stood a very large jug entirely empty But bearing signs of having been full not so long ago and on either side of it each in an armchair Sat the priest of the village and the miller of hofbau Both of them were sleeping very contentedly and snoring somewhat as they slept The princess smitten by remorse at the spectacle said softly poor fellow he grew weary of waiting and hungry was compelled to take his dinner and Like the kind man he is he has entertained the priest and kept him here so that no time should be lost when I arrived Indeed I am afraid the poor man loves me very much Well miller or Lord or Prince they are all the same Hi-ho Why did I deceive him and she walked up to the miller's chair? Leant over the back of it and lightly touched his red cap with her fingers he put up his hand and brushed with it as though he brushed away a fly, but gave no other sign of awakening. The king called softly from behind the water butt under the window. Is he there, Osra? Is he there? The poor man has fallen asleep in weariness, she answered. But the priest is here, ready to marry us. Oh, Rudolf, I am so sorry for what I have done. Girls are always mighty sorry after it is done, remarked the king wake him up osra at this moment the miller of hofbau sat up in his chair and gave a great sneeze and by this sound the priest was also awakened osra came forward and stood between them the miller looked at her and tilted his red cap forward in order that he might scratch his head then he looked across to the priest and said it is she father she has come the priest rubbed his hands together and smiled uncomfortably We waited two hours said he glancing at the clock see it is three o'clock now. I Am sorry you waited so long said osra, but I could not come before and And now that I am come I cannot But here she paused in great distress and confusion not knowing how to break her sad tidings to the miller of hofbau the miller drew his legs up under his chair and regarded osra with a grave air you should have been here at eleven, said he. I went to the church at eleven, and the priest was there, and my cousin Hans to act as my groom, and my cousin Gertrude to be your maid. There we waited hard on two hours, but you did not come. I am very sorry, pleaded Princess Osra. The king laughed low to himself behind the water butt, being much amused at her distress and her humility. And Now that you are come pursued the miller scratching his head again. I do not know what we are to do He looked again at the priest seeking counsel At this the princess Ozra, thinking that an opportunity had come took the purse of six hundred crowns from under her coat and laid it on the table What is this said the miller for the first time showing some eagerness? They are for you said Ozra, as she watched him while he unfastened the purse Then he poured the crowns out on the table and counted them one by one till he had told all the six hundred Then he raised his hands above his head let them fall again sighed slightly and looked across at the priest I Warned you not to be in such a hurry friend Miller remarked the priest I waited two hours said the miller plaintively and you know that she is a handy wench and very fond of me He began to gather up the crowns and return them to the purse I trust I am a handy wench said osra smiling yet still very nervous and Indeed I have a great regard for the miller, but nay he does not mean you interrupted the priest 600 sighed the miller and Gertrude has but two hundred Still she is a handy wench and very sturdy I doubt if you could lift a sack by yourself as she can and he looked doubtfully at Osra's slender figure I Do not know why you talk of Gertrude said the princess petulantly? What is Gertrude to me? Why I take it that she is nothing at all to you answered the priest folding his hands on his lap and smiling placidly Still for my part. I bade him wait a little longer I waited two hours said the Miller and Gertrude urged me saying that you would not come and that she would look after me Better than you being one of the family and she said it was hard that she should have no husband while her own cousin married a stranger and since it was all the same to me Provided I got a handy and sturdy wench what cried the princess Ozra and the king was so interested that he rose up from behind the water-butt and Leaning his elbows on the window sill looked in and saw all that happened It being pursued the miller of Hofbau, all the same to me that I got what I wanted Why when you did not come he married his cousin said the priest a sudden roar of laughter came from the window all three turned round But the king ducked his head and crouched again behind the water-butt before they saw him Who was that cried the priest a lad that came to hold my horse Answered osra hastily, and then she turned fiercely on the miller and that she said was all you wanted I thought you loved me. I I liked you very well said the miller You are a handy. A stamp of her foot drowned the rest. But you should have come in time, he went on. And this Gertrude, is she pretty? demanded Osra. Gertrude is well enough, said the miller, but she only has two hundred crowns. And he put the purse, now full again, on the table with a resigned sigh. And you shall have no more, cried Osra, snatching up her purse in great rage. And you and Gertrude may. What of Gertrude? came at this moment from the door of the room where the sacks were the princess turned round swift as the wind and she saw in the doorway a short and very broad girl with a very wide face and straggling hair the girl's nose was very flat and her eyes were small but her great mouth smiled good-humouredly and as the princess looked she let slip to the ground a sack of flour that she had been carrying on her sturdy back I gertrude is well enough said the miller looking at her contentedly. She is very strong and willing Then while gertrude stood wondering and staring with wide eyes in the doorway The princess swept up to the miller and leant over him and cried look at my face look at my face What manner of face is it? It is well enough said the miller, but gertrude is there was a crash on the floor and the six hundred crowns rolled out of the purse and scattered, spinning and rolling, hither and thither, all over the floor and into every corner of the room. And Princess Osra cried, Have you no eyes? And then she turned away, for her lip was quivering and she would not have the miller see it. But she turned from the miller only to face Gertrude, his wife. Gertrude's small eyes brightened with sudden intelligence ah you're the other girl said gertrude with much amusement and was that your dowry it is large i am glad you did not come in time but see i'll pick it up for you nay don't take on i dare say you'll find another husband she passed by osra patting her on the shoulder kindly as she went and then fell on her knees and began to pick up the crowns crawling after them all over the floor and holding up her apron to receive the recovered treasure And princess Osra stood looking at her I You'll find another husband nodded the priest encouragingly I You'll find another husband assented the miller placidly and just as one girl is pretty nearly as good as another if She is handy and sturdy so one husband is as good as another if he could keep a house over you Princess Osra said nothing but gertrude having picked up the crowns came to her with a full apron saying Hold your lap, and I'll pull them in they'll get you a good husband Princess osra suddenly bent and kissed Gertrude's cheek, and she said gently I hope you have got a good husband my dear, but let him do some work for himself And keep the six hundred crowns as a present from me for he will value you more with eight hundred than with two The eyes of all three were fixed on her in wonder and almost in fear for her tone and manner were now different she turned to the miller and she bit her lip and dashed her hand across her eyes and she said and You miller are the only sensible man. I have found in all the kingdom Therefore good luck and a good wife to you And she gave a little short laugh and turned and walked out of the cottage leaving them all spellbound in wonder But the miller rose from his chair and ran to the door and when he reached it the king was just lifting Osra on to her horse the miller knew the king and stood there with eyes wide and cheeks bulged in wonder But he could gasp out no more than the king the king before rudolph and osra were far away and They could none of them neither the miller nor gertrude nor the priest tell what the matter meant until one day king rudolph rode again to the mill at hofbau and Having sent for the priest told the three enough of the truth Saying that the affair was the outcome of a jest at court and he made each of them a handsome present and vowed them to secrecy By their fealty an attachment to his person and his honor so she would not have married me anyhow asked the miller I Think not friend answered rudolph with a laugh Then we are but quits and all is well gertrude the jug my lass and So indeed it seemed to the king that they were but quits And So he said to the princess osra, but he declared that she had so far prevailed with the miller as to make him desire marriage as an Excellent and useful thing in itself Although she had not persuaded him that it was of great moment whom a man married Therefore he was very anxious to give her the bracelet which he had promised and more than once prayed her to accept it But osra saw the laugh that lurked in the king's eye and would not consent to have the bracelet and for a long while she did not love to speak of the miller of hofbauer Yet once when the king on some occasion cried out very impatiently that all men were fools she said Sire you forget the miller of hofbauer and she blushed and laughed and turned her eyes away One other thing she did which very greatly puzzled Queen Margaret and all the ladies of the court and the waiting-women and all the serving-maids and in fine every person high or low who saw or heard of it except the king only for in winter evenings she took her scissors and her needle and she cut strips of ribbon each a foot long and a couple of inches broad on each of them she embroidered a motto or legend and she affixed the ribbons bearing the legend to each and every one of the mirrors in each of her chambers at Strailsau at zender at the other royal residences and Her waiting women noticed that whenever she looked in the mirror and smiled at her own image or shewn other signs of pleasure in it She would then cast her eyes up to the legend and seem to read it and blush a little and laugh a little and sigh a little The reason for which they could by no means understand for the legend was but this Remember the Miller of Hofbau." End of section 28